Salutation Shades, and welcome back to your one-stop shop for all things strange and unusual. Talking with Shadows, the conversations everyone has, but no one wants to admit to. Here today, uh, with only your host, Marcus D. Vic's not here today, guys. Um, This is going to be a tribute episode, actually. Um, On September 17th, 2021, uh, a good friend of me and Vic's... Robert Walter, a.k.a. Bulldog Malenko, passed away from COVID. And uh, Bulldog was uh, an incredible guy. He invited me onto his podcast, the Bulldog Unchained podcast, numerous times to talk about the paranormal. He was a big inspiration, you know, to me and encouraged me to really start a podcast with Vic. Um, You know, a lot of people had been for a while, and after he started bringing me on his podcast, it really got, you know, me motivated, and me and Vic finally decided to actually sit down and actually, like, launch our podcast. And Bulldog actually was one of the people that I was sending some of the the early ideas of our logo to to get feedback from even before I sent it over to Vic. I mean, that's how instrumental that uh, Bulldog was in, um, you know, for the launch of our podcast. And, you know, when Vic went to take care of his mom back in 2019, uh, I needed to record a pod a patron episode. Um, and, you know, I had to sit down and I had to think about who I could bring on to the podcast that could really, you know, try to step up and, you know, even try to hold a candle to to what Vic brings to the table and the only person that could even come barely come close um was Bulldog. Bulldog stepped up, he rose to the challenge and came to the studio back in 2019 and recorded an episode with me where we talked about ancient astronaut theory. The theory that aliens were instrumental in guiding early man. And um you know, I enjoyed doing the episode with him and me and Vic talked about it, and after Bulldog passed away, we thought it would be a good idea to release the episode to everybody um, so that everybody could enjoy the podcast that uh, me and Bulldog did. So, rest in peace, Bulldog. He really was the, the true king of villains. So, I hope you guys enjoy. Hey guys, welcome back to One Candle Society. Here with your host, Marcus D. And joining me in the studio today, guys, I have a guest host with me. He is the host of the Bulldog and Shane podcast. He is the king of villains himself. Please welcome to the studio, Bulldog Malenko. Thank you, brother. Absolutely. And today, guys, Vic is still out, so I brought Bulldog in here in order to be able to help me with a particular theory that we both really enjoy, and I think you guys are going to enjoy too. Today, we're going to be talking about ancient astronaut theory. And... Summing it up real quick, ancient astronaut theory is the theory that extraterrestrial life in some way, shape, or form was involved in humanity's either creation or its advancement throughout the years. People have been arguing about this for years with different theories on how this may or may not actually go down. Me and Bulldog have talked about this extensively on this podcast and in private, so he was the guy I wanted to bring. 
I appreciate it, man. Mm-hmm. I've been looking forward to doing this. Absolutely. And today, guys, we're drinking Angry Orchard. I am drinking the pear, actually. I have rosé. Awesome. With a it's punch. not bad. Yeah, with, no. Angry Orchard's pretty good. Mm. With a much more behind us. Also, guys, if you ever have an alcohol you guys want us to try out, please put it in the comments below because we love suggestions, <laughs> as you know here. So, not just topics, but also alcohol as well. Um, so, Bullock, do you, do you believe in the ancient astronaut theory believe is a hard hard word and when i say a hard word i don't mean like psychologically hard i mean it's just a hard definitive word um i don't believe in a lot of things however i'm dancing around dancing around the answer a student of i study it uh i've studied it in depth I think that it has merit, but just like if we're going from an ancient astronaut theoretical premise or an archaeological premise, things get proven and disproven every day. Science gets rewritten every year. We, yeah. we find all kinds of new, we find out new things about ourselves that change and blow up the dynamic of who and what we thought we were. So I think that there's a lot of merit to be had in ancient astronaut theory. Yeah, like one of the, uh, like we have a hard time understanding even ourselves and our own history about for where we come from. One of the biggest, uh, easiest examples that I can ever give people, think of the Sphinx. The Sphinx in ancient Egypt, people have been arguing since the beginning since they found it of who created the sphinx what is the sphinx representing is it a man's face is it a woman's face what king built it actually it was originally either a dog or a lion Mm -hmm. and uh graham hancock who we were discussing before we started recording uh graham hancock is uh he's he's a guy who wrote fingerprints of the gods magicians of the gods and has a new book called america before he is more of, he's the one who coined the phrase, we're a species with amnesia, but he and Dr. Robert Schock, and now they have like 60 other high level archeological people behind them in the theory of, well, okay, we know that the pyramids date back to about 4,500 BC, but they're thinking that the Sphinx actually dates back to between eight and ten thousand BC, mm-hmm. and the reason why is because the Sphinx shows erosion that no other structure on the Giza Plateau displays, and that would have to date back to when the Nile Valley was a lush, almost tropic environment. And a lot of people are unaware that it was a tropic environment. Yeah, before it became the desert that it is today. And uh, yes. like it, like the Sphinx was actually changed halfway, like I think partially like halfway through, like you said, from like what they thought like, it was uh, it was dedicated to the Egyptian god Anubis. Mm-hmm. And then they shifted it to being uh, the body of a lion to like pre-dead. I think like the astrological sign of Leo that that was like over the sun well, and, at the time. And the reason is like is because the way that it's facing, uh, I can't remember exactly what it but it's facing the land of the dead yeah 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 so that's why people thought that it was originally and, like for uh, yeah. dedicated to the god dedicated to the god anubis mm-hmm. 
whatnot too. But yeah, the uh, the ancient astronaut theory itself is is fascinating, and uh, for those that don't know, the pioneer of ancient astronaut theory's name is Eric von Daniken, who wrote Chariots of the Gods back in the nineteen sixties, which is a good book, but you guys should check out. Yeah, oh yeah, it's mm-hmm. an amazing read. Mm-hmm. Uh, that book is the whole reason that Giorgio Tsoukalos, you may not know the name, but when I say the dude with the crazy hair and aliens, that guy, the meme. meme. Yeah. 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 Uh, that's why Giorgio exists and David Childress and countless other ancient astronaut theorists. Got the jobs that we really wanted. <laughs> Man, I stumbled across ancient astronaut theory way too late in my life. Like, when it was introduced to me was actually about two years before Ancient Aliens aired on TV, like before it first started. And I was like, oh my God, this makes way more sense than any religion I've ever studied. Like, it would actually explain a lot of religions in a better sense. Like uh, in Hinduism, the Bhagavad Gita descended from the sky. And keep in mind, these people 6,000 years ago wrote, or 4,000 years ago, wrote this using words that they had to describe things at the time. Yes, like the gods are arriving these massive ships, and they they had words for like... uh, The the Bhagavad Gita descended from the sky in a metallic fire-breathing dragon. Mm -hmm. Its belly opened, and a man walked out. That's a spaceship! That's a spaceship. <laughs> well, like, they got that like in the Bible too, which was written, you know, the wheel. 400 AD. Yeah, the, the, the wheel in the sky. Yeah, that that I think takes Ezekiel. I think that's I think yes. that's who it is, isn't it? Yeah, yeah Ezekiel's wheel. Yeah, he comes upon a, a chariot of like uh, of metal with the sound of like thunder and things like that. Just these words that like yes. people, uh, you know, back in the day probably just would not be using. Now, my question is: Is is that hyperbole? Like, are they just doing that to make the story sound? more mythological like well these could be things outside of the normal human scope so these are why this is the divine because we cannot do these things it could be but how then if we're if we're going to discuss that it's hyperbole we have to include that hundreds of civilizations from around the world that as far as we know never could have met each other never could have interacted couldn't even if they had wandered and met each other first of all you have different people on different continents that so far as we know the polynesians were the first seafarers and this goes back to like 3600 years ago and that's what explains the olmec uh carving statues in south america and the people the carvings have like african and polynesian features the wide noses the like the uh, wider set eyes, mm-hmm. the stronger jaws. South American people don't look like that. So why would these South American people make carvings of themselves that aren't correct representations, but they're carving representations of people from a continent away? But here's the here's the point that I was making though. You've got hundreds of civilizations that have stories about encountering beings from the stars, from the sky. And if it's just hyperbole, well, that's a whole lot of hyperbole. How did these people all come up with the same kinds of stories and and stories of these beings, whoever they may be, extraterrestrials, time travelers? We don't know. How, how, can, we, how can we know? But 
So they I'm, they intervened and they helped guide people and helped establish actual civilization and advance. So I have two I have two ideas on this. I'm not saying this is particularly what, what I That's believe. What the I'm just speculation. Saying, no, yeah, I'm just doing this for the sake of argument. So I have two I have two I have two ideas behind this about why all these different people are coming up with these similar ideas because what myth does is it's giving answers to things that we have a hard time understanding. Even though all these different cultures talk about being someone from the sky, also all of these different cultures are all talking about myths of people coming back from the dead. At the various times, these are people that are just saying, what happens after life? Well, okay, there's various ghosts stories across multiple different, across multiple different cultures that doesn't by itself mean that ghosts exist just because all these different cultures are saying that. All these different cultures talking about the gods coming down and descending from the sky could just be a way of them... That's that's where they would come from. They would come from the sky because we can't get up from there. And this is this myth, this glorious right. astrological, like, awe-inspiring place. That's where they'd have to live. And also, the, se the second thing, too, I think that it comes to it, too, is I think that comes from how leadership works, too. Um, and, and a lot of these different... Um, stories about people where aliens have come down and they've intermingled with um, with society a lot of the times what they're doing is they're interacting with great leaders, great kings at the times and I think that gives justification to a lot of leaders as of why they're in charge of why things are the way that they are that's that's just my thought of why how I, if I was a leader and I was going to manipulate people that's how I would do it okay now here's Here's where this starts to collapse a bit, though. Uh, God, I'm, 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 I wish I could think of their name off the top of my head. But there is a, a, a sect of people in South America that their temples... Okay, uh, the, the Aztec pyramids mm -hmm. and the Egyptian pyramids, do you know that they are perfectly aligned? I didn't, know, I, didn't, I didn't know that. They, are, they align with Orion's belt. These people believed the same thing, mm -hmm. that when you die, that's why there's the opening at the top, and it is directly, like, these openings are pointed at Orion's belt, and these, you've got pyramids in Africa that are aligned with pyramids in South America. That's crazy! That's, and we're talking not a degree off. That's, What? How? And then, on top of that, though, there's this other sect of people from South America. Their temples are built pointing at something else. And when they were questioned what they were point, what it's pointing at, they named it, and they said, that's where we come from. It's pointing way out into deep space, and we were not able to observe the place that they were talking about, until the 1970s or 80s and then we discovered it and sure enough oh there's this there's this whole planetary system up here that they are pointing directly at that is not observable from our night sky we can't see it from our planet like just you can't point at it like you can like the North Star or the star, like the you have the other stars of like the Big Dipper or Orion's Belt. No, this is not observable from our planet with the naked eye. But they knew it was there. It's all of their temples are pointed directly at it, and then it's discovered thousands of years later that there's something that's there. Mm. 
And they said, this is where we come from. Well, how did they make that up? How did they make up something that they couldn't see it being there? And they built monuments pointed directly at it. That's I mean that I mean that that that's a really good one. You you get some of these really hard things to answer like like that specifically. Also, think about this. Do you realize that a lot of these uh, sites in South America have only been discovered and uncovered because of deforestation of the rainforest? And on top of that, there are it's like uh, or five and a half million square miles that we still can't. And some of these things are now being discovered using LIDAR, which is light imaging. Oh, yeah, uh, where, we're, where we're finding some of this stuff. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, keep in mind the Sphinx itself wasn't even found until... Uh, they didn't like know that of... there was a sub-level of the Sphinx yeah. until the 70s? Yeah. About this stuff. Yeah, we yeah. found weird. We found weird stuff like this all the time. I mean, it goes back to the idea of we, we're a culture of amnesia where we don't know. But China won't even let anybody uh, investigate their pyramids. Yeah. Oh, no one. That. No one's allowed to. We know that they're there. We have satellite imaging of them. We have lidar imaging of them. We know where they're at. The Chinese government will not even allow any of their people to go investigate these pyramids. Why? What's there? What? I mean, we're in a what conspiracy there. My first thought, personally, is because, like, a lot of the times whenever you, you've, like, ancient archaeology was not the most professional thing that was done. I mean, again, going back to the Sphinx, I mean, how much we damaged the Sphinx when we were trying to restore it and investigating how much damage that we actually caused to the Sphinx. When even we but were at the same time... Oh, yeah, what are we going to find there? Exactly. That's... That, question. that question coincides with... Wouldn't you love to know what's in the bowels of the Vatican? <laughs> what kind of information do they actually have in those archives? Do they know all of these things? And the reason that they've hidden, hidden them away and protected them so ferociously is because they know that it will undo all of their money, land, power grabbing scheme. I would love to know what's down there, mostly just because I... I you, think, you lose all of the power once the information's out. One of the things that... This this idea that we just keep more data now than what we did back in the day is not necessarily true. Because you have a lot of cultures, they were very, very meticulous. Like the Romans, very, very... And the Egyptians, very, very meticulous about how... About just keeping records of things. And look what did. happened to the Library of Alexandria. Burned to the ground. Bye. How much of our history was lost in that? Well, it's assumed it was lost. For where it's at. Exactly. For where it's at. The majority of it was probably taken to the Vatican. Because we have records. And again, we keep going about these things. It's a really good thing to talk about in, uh, in, with an ancient astronaut theory. We we have records that talk about like how the how much the Egyptians paid some of their workers back in the day. So this is how meticulous some cultures actually are. So... I think I was going. I think I was going through some of this. We were going back to like how you were talking about like how do we know all these temples and things are pointing to this particular thing in the ninth sky that we can't particularly observe. I, but I think this goes back to this idea when one of the arguments against ancient astronaut theory, and and I believe, and I understand it to an extent, and and I get it, 
is this idea that there's no way that ancient cultures could have done some of the things that they had done without outside influence. Here's This is where Graham Hancock comes in. So, getting away from the ancient astronaut side of it and going into the species with amnesia side of it, we as anatomical human beings as we are now have existed for 200,000 years. Woo! But about every 10,000 years, a huge cataclysm happens across this planet that wipes the majority of us out and we get to start all over. So imagine if something hit today that knocked, first of all, it kills 95% of the population. So we're down to 500 million or less around the world. Uh, also, a large part of the world isn't going to be habitable again for a really long time. And then you've got all of the satellites, anything electronic like this that an EMP is going to wipe out, it's done. Now think about, we got, we have moved the majority of our lives away from ink and paper. And a lot of the ink and paper is going to be destroyed in a cataclysmic event anyway. But also... All of this, all these things stored on a flash drive or on hard drives or any kind of actual media. It's gone. It's gone. It's gone, gone oh. forever. You're not going to restore it. First of all, it's going to be hundreds or thousands of years before these people are able to recreate electricity. And somebody has to start One Candle Society all over again. <laughs> That's what they're going to be living is yeah. the One Candle Society. <laughs> They're going to be like, Jesus, you don't even know how to start a fire anymore. Like, think about it. I know. It'd be like Walking Dead. Can you, start, the, can you start a fire without matches or... I, I can't, but Vic can't, and that's why I'd be coming over to his house. <laughs> like, if you think about it, the like, okay, I know how to hunt. I grew up hunting. If everything goes gone... Hunter-gatherers are the only people that are going to survive on this planet. That's it. If you don't know what you can and can't eat in the wilderness, you're dead. Not only that, there's a lot of bold people that don't understand the dogs that you love. The dogs that you love. I'm going to tell you what, you people that have three or four dogs in your house... Let those sons of bitches go for about a week and a half without eating. And I bet you're going to find out real quick how little they love you. Again, I don't know how to do those things. Vic does. And now you know exactly about why we're friends. You ever seen the show Doomsday Preppers? Yeah. My, my prep was making friends with Vic. <laughs> that was my plan from the beginning. <sighs> don't tell him. We have... It's a... Uh, I mean, it's an interesting concept of... Just how fragile we are, and we really are. And here, and, and part of that, like the, what Graham Hancock says, with we're a species that has amnesia. He was like, he doesn't necessarily necessarily believe in the there needs to be extraterrestrial or outside influence. It's that these people have achieved level like us. We we in the past through tens of thousands of years have multiple times. Multiple, multiple, multiple times achieved high levels of technological advancement, but we can't save ourselves. And then we get wiped out and we get to start over. 
Because, I mean, ancient civilizations, they had things like advanced calculus and advanced mathematics in these things to be able to figure out how to do some of these things, and like to, to chart the stars and to, to build some of these monuments that they had. The uh, the ca- There's a cave in Siberia. The, uh, Dennis, uh, they named the people that they found, discovered. Like, okay, so you do understand that Neanderthal man and Homo sapien as we are, like modern anatomical human we are the same species you get mm-hmm. that right yeah they we interbred mm-hmm. that's like there's like three to five percent of the population that still displays neanderthal dna um there's also the uh Den- dennis dennis overms something like that they were named after i guess this guy that discovered there was a whole other type um they also interbred. But in this cave, they found these bracelets. Mm-hmm. Like, uh, for those of you listening, if you want to hear more about, like, Graham Hancock was just on Joe Rogan, and mm-hmm. it is, like, for his second time, it's outstanding. And he talks about all this, but they found these bracelets. Okay? These bracelets date back to between 60 and 73 thousand years ago weren't they they metal yes yeah 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 yeah, yeah, they were metal here's the crazy thing is Mm -hmm. so they they have the semblance of a technology that should not have existed in that time frame pinpoint precision drilling like a drill press because they have holes precisely drilled in them to where a charm pendant would have hung off of it 60,000 years ago. And there's examples uh, across and there's examples across this all across the that, all across the world. Right. right. And that's what I'm saying. We find things every year that are just huge stacks of just explosive material that just change everything we know or knew about ourselves or what we thought. We're still arguing about it. Baghdad battery. We're talking about that again before, before we started before we started recording. That talk about ancient Egyptian theory about having electricity and how and how and how that worked. Well, and they also suspect that they had hydroelectric power. That I'm just and again, this is just theories about how again, and people wonder about how they were able to to erect such massive things like the Great Pyramids and things like that again because we're still trying to figure out some of the technology. Well because we and in, in with all of our great modern technology, we cannot recreate anything like the pyramids. We can't do it. We have huge land moving machines. But those stones on that pyramid some of them weigh what is it three hundred tons? We can't move three hundred tons. And then what I was telling you about before we start recording, there's the King's Chamber of the Great Pyramid. Well, above the King's Chamber, there are five other chambers that go up to 380 feet in elevation. All five of these chambers are lined on the roof and the floor with granite beams that each weigh 70 tons. At 380 feet high. Now, for those of you that don't understand physics, um, this is another thing that Graham Hancock discussed, but this is something that I've talked to people about 
for years because they're like, well, they just had, you know, they had ramps. ramps. And I'm like, <laughs> ramps to get up there. I'm like, first of all, you can't move things above a 300 ton stone. Well, the 70 ton granite beams could not be transported up anything greater than 10 degrees. And then what are you using to move it? Logs. Get out of here with that. Logs. Log <laughs> rollers. No, they crush it. They would crush it. I don't care how many logs you got. There, it's The first time, even if you had enough people to move the thing, the first time it rolls three feet, <laughs> now that's where that granite beam lives forever. <laughs> it's just not going anywhere. Hey, look at this huge granite beam in the middle of the... Oh, also, uh, every single one of those beams came from like 150 miles south. 150 miles South. And it's a solid piece, too. Some of them are like solid pieces. They, they are. All, yeah. No, these are 70-ton beams. Piece. They're not pieced together beams. They're all solid granite. That's... Now, I'm just saying, I'm... I can't say average. I'm just saying, I'm Mr. Egyptian supervisor, and I got Mr. King... I got Mr. Egyptian King saying, Pharaoh saying, I got to build some sort of giant pyramid in there, and I got to make it work. Now, I'm a math whiz, and I don't know how this crap works. And I got to get... A 70, 300 ton beam up and up some sort of an incline to get up there, or else I'm gonna get killed. I'm just survival's a motivating factor. I'm just saying we may we may. That's be, when you disappear <laughs> into the desert and hope for the best, or you pray for aliens. <laughs> <laughs> I'm telling you right now, like, like yes, <laughs> they they had they had, of course they had worker, and a lot of people are like, well, they had slaves, and I'm like, um, no, these were not slaves that worked on the pyramids, like. These were people that were paid. They Man, you got records of people that are being yeah, paid yeah, at yeah. the time, yeah. But not only that, like it's So here I'm gonna tell you I'm gonna tell you what my and this is a good point to bring up. This is gonna be my biggest problem with ancient astronaut with ancient astronaut theory. And I'm not excusing the idea that extraterrestrials exist. We've talked about it extensively on the channel podcast before that they that they could exist. So if aliens actually came to Earth, why? Why? Okay. Why would you be manipulated? Because and if you think in the only in the only context we can think about really about why they would be doing it is something that we would do. And if you think about the stuff that we do whenever we're either influencing cultures or if we're influencing even on a genetic level for stuff, it's really not. Why are we influencing civilization? Uh, when an advanced species meets another, or sorry, advanced civilization meets another advanced, lesser advanced civilization, that often ends with their assimilation, extinction, uh, or enslavement. You're assuming that they came here and met us. Oh, that's a good one too. But also, but I'll skip them too. But you're also, not, you're not throwing in the possibility of we're a genetics experiment. No, no, that's this what, is that's what this is a, this is a lab. Hmm? This is a huge laboratory. Yep. That was cultivated and groomed and terraformed. Next. Over billions of years to make way for a laboratory, a perfect testing site, and for what? That's that's the thing that I've heard of because you think about why we do this, about why we manipulate genetics. The re the reasons often are for medicine, um, warfare, uh, I mean, medicine was a big overall umbrella. Um, Food. That's not that's kind of a scary one. You know about why we manipulate these genetics. Often, hold they're on, not, they're not Time very out. good for the Time stuff out. that we're. You're, you're thinking about human. 
what why we do it. We're not even a type one civilization yet. You understand that, no, right? No, yeah, I get that. On the Kardashev scale, we're, we can't even no, no, no. harness our natural resources. We cannot harness the power of our sun, which is our nearest star, to provide all of the energy that we need for our planet. No, we, no, no, We no. can't do it. No, I get the, that because that's, that's the only way we can think about it. Well, so, no. No, it's not. you got to get well, outside the box. Right, well, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to give you okay, that thought. Okay, okay. So here's, here's the thing. Our planet is only 4 billion years old. We... We have only existed, so far as we know now, this could change also. But right now, we can date modern anatomical human beings to 200,000 years ago. Okay? On a 4 billion year old planet. We know that dinosaurs were here 65 million years ago. They had their chance. Now the lizards are gone, we have chickens. That's what remains. Seriously, that's what remains of the dinosaurs. We have chickens... Got a few... And 250,000 years later, we also have KFC. Right, exactly. <laughs> um, That's no, what happened to the dinosaurs. The so the center of the universe, yeah. we can we can place at about 13.8 billion years old. So you got 14 billion years, 4 billion. Well, let's look at the universe like a huge ball. 14 billion years old from the center. Here we are. At four billion, our planet, our planet. We've only existed for two hundred thousand years. Not even the blink of an eye of our own planet, let alone the universe. What's here? Here we are, way out in no man's land. We're on the outskirts, okay. And there's all of this. What's 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 what's? And I'll even respond to that. Like, what's out there? When we've calculated the energy that it would take. Nah, no, hang mm. on, I'm not, to get there would be ridiculous. For what we can produce. True, for what we can produce. So, How do you know, how do you know that there is not a planet or a civilization that exists in a completely, for us, physics-defying way of life? Oh, section of space. They have, no. What if they have a complete planetary after billions of years of their species existing not just their planet say that they're okay 14 billion years in the center say that their planet appeared 12 billion years ago say that they've existed for 8 billion years now they've been around 4 billion years longer than our planet has existed here what if they have multiple planets in a cluster that they have a complete hive mind mentality. They are able to communicate planets away from each other and harness their own energy, let alone, they can harness the energy of every star around them to power all of their planetary needs. But they have learned to harness their own mental energy. And what if they can do it subconsciously now where they don't even have to think about it? And that's what can propel their crafts, their ships, whatever they use to travel great distances in the blink of an eye. You got the Alcubierre drive, the theoretical drive, which is used in Star Wars, Star Trek. Uh, in Star Wars Episode Two, um, Attack of the Clones, when for people who don't know what I'm talking about, when Obi-Wan arrives at Planet Kamino, the circle arrives. that his Jedi Starfighter detaches from, that's an Alcubierre drive. It does not make you go at the speed of light. It bends time and space around the object that is traveling. Like that. 
in a, in a society that can do that stuff, if they're the ones that are influencing us, I honestly might think that that means if we're some sort of science experiment for them, we're some sort of alien space great science project. We are the potato farm equivalent. I think or the, ant farm for some sixth grade extraterrestrial project being like, hey guys, yeah. look, what did I do? I did the easy way out. I made a civilization on a planet. Our planet is a reality show being broadcast in a classroom on multiple motherships, huge vessels where there's a teacher talking to younglings, children, whatever they are, little kids, and they're basically telling these kids, hey, so this is Earth. This is our. This is one of our experimental properties. This is, you know, uh, we created what's called human beings here, Homo sapiens. Uh, they call us something else. Of course they would. Mm. We're, we're just using we English. Them. We're using words we made up that they probably laugh at. But they're telling these kids, you can't go there yet. It's unsafe. They kill each other if they look different from each other right like, now. They're look, this, look at those nerds. They're making, they're making an internet show. Those two guys sitting. Exactly. They're talking about room. us right now. And they're so close, but they're so far away to they're, what reality is. They're so cute. Look at yeah. them. <laughs> they're trying to piece it together, and they're never going to do it in their like, lifetime. Look at them trying so hard. <laughs> but, yeah, they're basically telling their kids to stay away from here. We're like the Alabama of the universe. With all of the trash around of our planet to prove it. Dude! Yes, sir. Our, our orbital space of our planet looks like somebody's front yard in the most rundown trailer park you've ever seen. Like, there's just junk that we've put up there. It's... But, yeah, no, I think that it's, it's very feasible that we are a genetics experiment. And one of two things has happened. One... They intervene periodically to assist us, to help further and progress us, and maybe now we've become too dangerous for them to intervene because it will cause mass chaos and panic and which think about this. I think if that was I think if that was true that they were intervening every now and then to keep us from being able to advance to a certain point, which I think... No, 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 no. They're trying to help us. But... I, I, have a hard, I have a hard time believing that because, again, I think we're projecting this concept of this of, of empathy or... Well, why would you create something? I for not, Like I said, for medicine, food, or some sort of, like... So you think people have aquariums in their house because they're going to eat those fish? Or, or, sorry, or, or, or sport or recreation for whatever you do. Recreation. Yeah, for recreation. But you care about those fish. You feed them. You, you make sure that they have a nice aquarium to live in. Uh, if you have a dog, yeah. if you have a dog, you take care of it. You, you, you help it so, along. And, that, and that's the thing that I don't like when I watch about other people talk about ancient astronaut theory is this is the part that they don't talk about. They, they always give this huge, profound influence and reason about about extraterrestrial life influencing humanity when if that's really the case i don't think that it's as profound it's probably a lot darker than what people are probably giving a credit to like even at its best where we're just recreational we're just some sort of giant ant farm that's that that that's kind of a depressing thought that why you know, why is that depressing oh i think it's you're thinking of it 
you're thinking of it from a very egocentric place where we on this one planet out of nine in our solar system that resides in our Milky Way galaxy that is a huge spiral galaxy from our little ball of dirt here we have discovered over a hundred billion different galaxies of which we reside in the two or three percent of the smallest known galaxies that we have discovered from our ball of dirt and everybody thinks they matter none of us matter you don't matter you don't matter i don't matter we don't First matter off, i'm gonna say it now you do matter because we love because me marcus i love our fans more than those names i do we appreciate our fans more of than any course, of us. look i'm not talking about that <laughs> of course you appreciate anybody that watches your show interacts with no grand scheme stop it grand scheme of things of being this planet is insignificant. Completely insignificant. We, again, I think, but the, our planet's only been here 4 billion years old. The I universe th is 14 I think, billion I think, years old. I think an extraterrestrial, but, but in all seriousness, I think an extraterrestrial civilization that got to the point where they're, where they're traveling around the system, I don't, I think they're probably beyond, they're probably, again, I have a hard time thinking, again, we Why always, do you think they put us so far out from the center of the universe? It's so that it's going to take us a good freaking long time to get, get to get anywhere we can't the only thing that we can mess up is things right here and that's where my i said i gave point one of they intervene periodically blah 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 or point two is they created us they guided us for a little bit and then they went oh god we have made a terrible mistake let's go and now, Where the alligator Earth is. is persona non grata. Nobody comes here anymore. And they basically are waiting for us to either, oh, there's going to be an asteroid that wipes us out, or we're going to kill each other off. We're just going to wipe ourselves out, and they're going to come back and start over. We're the, al we're the alligator in the sewer of New York. It's like we were just flush. We got, we got too big. Or yeah. We were this one. Flush. flush. <laughs> this is, and this is just what happens. Floods. And that's how the internet was born. <laughs> Because we got to that Floods, point. Floods, meteors, point. ice ages, mm -hmm. melting of ice ages, sea level rises 400 feet, civilizations get wiped out, lost, blah, blah, blah. Because I, I get that. It's, I think that would have to, there'd have to be some sort of change because if you believe that concept of that they're keeping, the, that they're keeping us from getting to a certain point, they're going to, that, that. That we're, they're keeping us from getting to a certain point. Something had to happen, and that's why we've gotten to this modern age of now. No. Or if they were guiding hold us, on. why did we even get ah. Why did we ha keep having this? I, why didn't they intervene? Ah, hold on. So how do we treat wildlife preserves? You don't intervene when you see the lion take down the gazelle. That's nature. Um, it's actually a punishable, it's a criminal offense when sea turtles lay their eggs and the eggs hatch. People try, have tried to go help the baby sea turtles. All of them make it to the ocean. Now, they have Coast Guard there. When hatch time comes, and they have other agencies there that keep people from assisting the sea turtles. And that is because it throws off the, the, the biological ecosystem balance of the ocean if all of those baby turtles make it. First of all, you're depriving the seagulls that know when the hatch time is, so they come get food... Two, you have other predators like crabs, like sand crabs and stuff, mm -hmm. that get baby turtles. 
there is only a certain percentage that is supposed to make it into the ocean. And some of those get eaten by other sea creatures and, you know, sea life. And that's just it. You don't intervene in nature. You, If you do, you start to throw. That's like when they took, when they put the, uh, oh, they, uh, in, uh, what was it, Yellowstone? Mm-hmm. Now they have the wolves of Yellowstone. Oh, to introduce them and stuff. They had to. Because the deer, like, they made it illegal to hunt the deer or elk that were there. And they started destroying the ecosystem. And then they had to introduce the wolves. Well, then the wolves balanced it out. Well, then you had beavers returning, building dams. You had the rabbits. You had everything else. And the fauna started to come back, too. here's something else I'm going to bring up, too. Because this is a good point we're talking about. We're talking about why don't aliens intervene? Why Why don't we do this? Do they do that? Do they do this? When people talk about ancient uh, astronaut theory, the stuff that I've seen always makes it sound like there's always this one consensus plan from one type of like extraterrestrial activity. When we know through most stories of the paranormal that there's theoretically different vast majority of different types of extraterrestrials. Well, that's like we used to Nord- think, you know, Nordics, Greys, reptilians. We used to think we only existed in three dimensions. Then we discovered 11, and now we're up to 37 in a row. (laughs) Anybody that gets that, I love you. 37 in a row. Do you get it? I get it. Okay, good. Um, I'm also known to the angry orchard rose. 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 So that's that's the thing. There's always but now that's where we're into multiverse theory now, where they think that it's possible that there are infinite amount like there's an infinite amount of dimensions because we know we have discovered now that we function on a vibrational frequency Mm. everything right like everything that we can interact with functions on this specific frequency and that's where the theory about ghosts or interstellar travelers, interdimensional beings comes oh, yeah. into play. Where, where everything in the, in the paranormal... It's a slip. Yeah. It's a slip it's, in it's frequency, and they can and they can now interact here, if even only for a brief moment. So... Like, right now, there could be a train driving through us, but we, we're, we're at 143 hertz. The train's at 144 hertz. So we don't interact. I, so, like at a at a very basic point, is it more likely that we have one particular extraterrestrial influence directing humanity, or multiple ones that's doing it? Because I I would be. More I think that it would be more plausible that there are countless species who some are working together, some are against each other. They're duking it out. They, some want to control us, some want to consume us, some want to protect us, some want to guide us, but there's, you know, who's to say that there's not some kind of intergalactic federation of beings that govern stupid planets like ours? Like, we are, and when I say stupid planets, I don't mean like we're all stupid. I mean like stupid planets. We're not a type one civilization on the Kardashev scale. We can't even harness the power of our sun. Like we we have we still use coal and fossil fuel and nuclear radioactive 
energy. Hey, first off, I love radioactive nuclear energy because it causes so much in the paranormal. I, I mean, I don't want the effects of it, but I'm just saying it is. I was gonna, have you ever watched you know, any of the Chernobyl? First the Chernobyl? No, I'm not saying that it's a great thing Jesus. in and of itself. I'm just saying that it, it has influenced a lot in the paranormal for people that watch our channel have and know that. Have you seen what's happened with Fukushima? Yes, I have seen what's happened with Fukushima. Did you know there was a Mothman sighting in Fukushima at the time? I imagine people saw a whole lot of stuff. I'm sure they did. I'm, I'm sure they did. That's like... Um, it's one of my favorite things to talk about in the paranormal when it comes when to they the When they first started testing nuclear devices, um, have you ever seen that video of that light that shows up out of nowhere when they fired a nuclear test rocket and this light zaps? Yep. The nuclear test rocket blows it up in yep. the sky and doesn't allow it to impact? Yep. It's pretty weird stuff. Uh, Battle of Los Angeles? Yep. That's a real thing. <laughs> Look it up. The Battle of Los Angeles. I'm not making this up. 1940... Not, not, not the movie. No, no. <laughs> 1940-something. All these huge skylights start sweeping over the skies of Los Angeles, and all of the military personnel started firing huge guns into the sky. There was a huge firefight. No one to this day still knows what Why? happened. Yeah. No <laughs> clue. But, but that's that's why I bring up this idea with ancient astronaut theory. But you watch, like, if you watch the stuff on the History Channel, if you watch the stuff on other people, there's a, that's my biggest beef with it. Well, we're is, still trying to fill gaps. I know. Is we're is, but that's my biggest beef with it is this idea that it's one particular force that's doing it. <clears throat> when I think you you'd almost have to realize that there's probably multiple different influences if ancient astronaut theory is true. It, we it, can it, we it, can it, look at religion. We can look at one particular religion to to codify this a little bit better. And the Torah, which is the Jewish Bible, okay, uh, or the Old Testament. Um, I'm not digging that. I'm not digging the angry orchard rose. It's all right. It's all right. Um, so in the Torah, when the there are two trees in the Garden of Eden, there is not one tree. tree there is the tree. Of the knowledge of good and evil and the tree of life. Mm -hmm. And God in the Torah said, if they eat from both of these trees, they will become like us. Not me, not I, us. Well, yeah, a lot of pardon people. the shit out of me, but who's us, yeah, we, Jehovah? Yeah, when you look at a lot of your brothers and sisters that don't want to get mentioned yeah, in when, the book now. When you look at when you look at a lot of the language of that, they're they're like within like Judeo Christian stuff. There implies that he's that there's reference to other deities that he doesn't. Uh, much you mean like, like the Mol fact that Moloch. Lucifer Lucifer was most likely his brother mm -hmm. and not a creation, not an angel, not anything of that nature uh they were siblings and that's why jehovah couldn't just flesh him out of existence and instead banished him from heaven but also took a third of homie's followers with him well if you look at if you look at a lot of um like religious texts there's this concept of like within the jewish christian concept like they not like the uh, the nephilim 
mm-hmm. the Alaska book stuff, like and Seraphim, and, and all that. Yep. Like they're they're these people that are breeding with humanity. And Leel Inky, yeah, or, uh, or and look, the Anunnaki. Like, I mean, if you look at Islam, the concept of jinn breeding with, with the jinn uh, that were born of darkness and fire. Yeah, the, in the, the void the, of the, the universe people. before matter even existed. Mm-hmm. <laughs> look, at a lot of people take that as a an example of that. That's extraterrestrial life that's staying on humanity to guide it. And in a way, in a way it does because a lot a lot of their children often influence a lot of uh, civilizations. What if the universe as we know it exists in the left testicle? Of some gigantic creature that has no idea we're here. Kind of like an ant. An ant say? doesn't know anything about your existence. And I'm going to say this is the best part of that left testicle. This particular YouTube channel. Blood Candle Society. Is the, <laughs> with, with the bulldog. We're the one that makes him scratch. <laughs> yeah. With the Bulldog Unchained podcast right next to that. Yeah. That's, cause, that, that's causing that slight irritation. <laughs> to make it that vibrational point. irritation. Yeah, yeah. That's what, that's what that is. And what? Okay. Okay. So okay. So, See, and those are the kind of thoughts that can live. Like those kind of thoughts have actually driven people mad. Yeah. Like insane. Because when you start thinking about, like at the end of uh, Men in Black, it shows our entire universe shrunk down to something the size of a marble, and there are two alien kids on another oh, planet. Shooting marbles with our entire universe. Or the second one, we're just in a locker at like some sort of like bus station. We're we <laughs> reside in the collar of some oh. giant cat. Like there's just this huge <laughs> spectrum when you look in uh, like an ancient astronaut theory as to how much like it influences it, how much like positively or negatively when you really think about it like it's it just you just go back and forth on it like yeah so so wrapping this episode up so final thoughts on ancient uh, astronaut theory what what's your what's your take from it i think it's like a lot of things in any kind of academia or science i think it has merit um i think that any scientist archaeologist anybody that is of an academic nature that dismisses it or tries to refute it completely you're not doing anyone any favors because look at how much of just our history alone people (coughs) tried to refute for years and then it was found oh they were right oh man okay well oh oh boy well now now we have to rewrite textbooks and rewrite science oh god (laughs) Yeah, exactly. And and that's the it, it should be looked at like ancient astronaut theory should be looked at the same way that modern medicine or biology or uh technology is looked at. You know, people people look at some of the things that we have today as far as invention wise and they're like, "Wow, could you have ever imagined that this would have ever existed?" Well, somebody did. And think about this. Think about the things. There's some kid right now in Indonesia who is seven years old and has his brain fixated on something right now that we can't comprehend. There is some six or seven-year-old kid that is one of those star children 
that is so super intelligent, his parents just can't even have a conversation with him. He he tolerates them because they provide basic human needs that he can't provide for himself at this point in time. But anytime he talks to his own parents, they just stare at him like a potato and they don't understand what he's talking about. But this kid is going to come along and change the world. Elon Musk, man. Elon Musk figured out how to do something in three years that NASA still can't do after 60. How to land a takeoff booster rocket back on a launch pad and reuse it. Elon Musk did that. One dude. A dude. Figured out how... He also figured out, after going to Russia to potentially buy a surplus of their rockets for his SpaceX program. And they they wanted to charge him like $12 million a rocket. And he was like, that's insane. And they literally, I'm not making this up either, literally laughed at him and said, what's wrong, too expensive little boy? And he got pissed, closed his portfolio, walked out, and on the flight home, figured out how to build his own rockets for $2 million each. And then he figured out how to land those rockets back on a launch pad. So now there's a seven-year-old kid somewhere that's going to come along here in the next 30, 15 to 20 years. This kid's going to change the world as we know it. And there are multiples of this kid. And some of these kids are going to get the opportunity some of these kids are just going to be labeled as crazy, dismissed, blah, blah, blah. And then a hundred years from now, after those kids are dead, there's going to be somebody who was younger than them, who is still alive. And then it's shown that every crazy thing that this kid said that he was dismissed for and never given a chance to prove or show or move forward with, they're going to show that it can be done. It can happen. And, oh, damn, we were wrong again. Because we as human beings have very tiny brains and we compartmentalize everything and kind of like religion, we compartmentalize things to what we are able to understand. My take on ancient astronaut theory is that you have to look at it from the context that there's probably not one particular extraterrestrial influence that's going no, no. on humanity. You can't... The law of statistics. Yeah, yeah. You just you can't you can't look at it from that context. There's probably multiple different influence, extraterrestrial influencers. If it's true, millions. That's it's impacting it. The second part of it too is this con is this concept that we we always dismiss how further along in technology ancient civilizations actually were. We always have this concept. That they were these dumb dudes that were chewing on rocks, probably <laughs> back in the rocks day, together. trying to right. figure, trying to figure stuff out. When in, in actuality, they were probably way further along, probably even in some in some stuff than we are today. With some stuff, and they had concepts of things like ancient mathematics and uh, sorry, advanced mathematics, engineering, and these and these kinds of concepts. When you look at it, and when you put that all together, that's what we're always trying to do is trying to figure out our, our history of what was us 
if you can't answer that, was there something else? Well, and the fact that we can't answer yeah. what we were and who we were hinders where we're going. Mm-hmm. Imagine if we could somehow develop that hive mind on this planet and develop that hive mind with our planet and the planet could give us all of the information about all of our peoples that have existed since we came about. Mm -hmm. A worldwide network of endless information at a thought. At a thought. First of all, our entire way of life goes away. Money is meaningless. Uh, War is over. You have 7 billion people now who function together as one entity in the cosmos. And that's what it takes to become that kind of civilization that can perform interstellar travel. Then you got to wonder at the end of the day, if ancient aliens or if extraterrestrial life has been guiding us along... The last question would be, what would they think about us? I'm going to leave that thought for you guys in the comments below. But don't forget, guys, keep believing, because we'll keep listening.